Heyo gamers, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Cauldron Cast. I'm your host, Nightstar451, and today I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Super Dota Playa. What's up? On this show, we interview some of your favorite personalities in the gaming scene, learning more about their backstory, current endeavors, and any future plans they are willing to share. For today's episode, Super and I brought on one of Witch Doctor Gaming's outstanding general managers, Big Dame 21. When he's not managing an outstanding team of fighting game players, you can find Dame supporting his local FGC scene. Currently through the hosting of online events. Dame, how's it going tonight? Hey, I'm doing well, Nightstar and uh, Super Dota player. Thank you for having me this evening. Pleasure nice having you on it. the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm ready to give... Anything you guys need to know about fighting games and FGC in general. So I am you have my full undivided attention. <laughs> All right. So I guess the first question we'd have, and it's a great way to start, it would be how were you inter- introduced to the world of gaming in the first place? So I've been playing video games for a very, very, very long time. Ever since I was like a little kid. Um, my first system was the actual original Nintendo, and then, you know, playing the original old school games like Mario Brothers and stuff like that, um, but just been playing ever since, and I was kind of one of the cool kids back in the day, because I had, like, a system and not other people did, but, you know, gaming's just been my passion, and it's a very good way to like you know keep myself occupied and you know just paying attention on trying to complete certain goals in those games and it just really astounded me and that's why i just love playing it still to this day yeah i totally agree uh i definitely use it as well um as a way just to keep busy um what would you say your preferred platform was when you were younger was it the, the original nintendo or did you have something else that you liked more originally I the Super Nintendo was my go-to one back in the day um as one of my favorites um because it introduced me to Street Fighter 2. So um and back in the day a lot of people did play it um made me get um very competitive and you know even though my parents were like what are you doing why are you playing stuff like that but they just didn't know it was just a game and it wasn't going to like put me in a state of mind to start beating up people when I play the fighting game, you know? So, um, you know, I just always did it for fun. So I would say Super Nintendo because I had a wide variety of games back in the day. And then, of course, you know, the next generation came in and stuff like that with, like, the PlayStation and the original Xbox and so on and so forth. So I've been kind of like a console junkie, as they said, just buying every single console as soon as it came out. Okay. Um, so then would you say that Street Fighter 2 was your favorite game from when you were a kid, or did you have something else that you'd like to play more when you were younger I, rather than Street Fighter 2 at the time? Actually, um, in the Super Nintendo days, um, Super Mario RPG was my go-to favorite game to play. Um, that actually was one of my first RPGs kind of to play, and I never knew playing games was back in the day, but... For some reason, the characters in that game and just trying to beat certain bosses and doing all the exploring, that just really hooked me on for hours and hours. And I would say that's like my favorite video game of all time growing up, you know, as a kid. 
Yeah, that's definitely one that I gotta go back and play. I've never played it, um, oh my but I goodness. do still have the Nintendo 64, so I might have to try to pick that up sometime and play it. I've only heard good things about it, so. And if not, just get an emulator, because... <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Anything can run that about nowadays, yeah. so. Or even, I think it's on, like, if you have, like, a Wii or, or with a Switch, and you go into Nintendo eShop, I believe it's available on there, so. That's As the owner of a Wii uh, back home, <laughs> I can tell you that Yes, there's there's a bunch of backwards compatibility. So I, I, I wish I was part of that uh, that uh, <laughs> that older generation with all those cool games. Instead, I got the the backwards compatible system. I was sort of that. So <laughs> yeah, guess I'm dating myself a little bit there. Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose uh, going off that, what drew you to fighting games? I know you sort of touched upon the the street fighter 2 was the first one that really, really like stood out to you in the genre so i suppose was that what did it or was it something else so actually um when i had started growing up and started like i would say like after high school beginning of college um i found out about a guy named eric small who's from the philadelphia area which i'm part of actually and he is also known as Big E, and he runs a um, fighting game organization called Big E Gaming. And his specialty is all fighting games and uh, doing tournaments for them and such of that nature. Um, when I found out that he was hosting one in this place called Copacabana, which is kind of like a uh, Mexican restaurant, they have a, like a bar as well. And then there was like in the downstairs area, they ha- he always hosted tournaments in there. So when I heard about it, I was like, hmm, you know, I'm not really competitive. I just kind of want to see what it's like and stuff. So um, as soon as I got invited by one of my friends, I was amazed. Everyone was sitting down, having their own controllers. They're sitting on, on monitors in front of them. I'm just like, what is going on? Like, it's just like an arcade. It was like, no, it's not an arcade. It's just a bunch of people playing together and trying to win some money or, you know, trying to win the tournament overall. So I would say I have to thank Big E for drawing me into, um, you know, into the fighting game scene and also trying to get better into fighting games overall. That's pretty cool. I, uh, I, I haven't been fortunate enough to go to such a big LAN event. I, uh, I did a small extra life charity event back in the day on Vainglory, and that was that was a fun way to get to know some people. So I, I feel you when that that atmosphere of all these people like in, intensely concentrating on doing stuff that you're all passionate about. So I I feel that. And now we're gonna get into some spicy questions. So hope you're ready. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> I know you're the general manager of fighting games for Witch Doctor. So obviously you have to be unbiased in that regard. But if you are allowing yourself to pick a favorite fighting game, which one would you choose? Oh, boy. Um, I will have to go with the Dead or Alive series. So um, either Dead or Alive 2, which is one of well, the one I kind of... Well, actually, I started with the first Dead or Alive game, but I really got more like into Dead or Alive 2 when it first came out on the Sega Dreamcast. Um, and then ever since then, Dead or Alive 3 was one of my favorite Dead or Alive's that came out on the original OG Xbox. And it was actually a launch title as well, too. And when I found out that 
Dead or Alive 3 was coming to Xbox when it first came out. And I was just like, wait a minute. I thought they were. But they weren't. So um, although back then when the original Xbox came out, there wasn't really Xbox Live at that time. Um, They were planning on the works of it. So you couldn't really play multiplayer like that online. But once Dead or Alive 4 came out on the 360, that's when I kind of started getting competitive within that series. And then ever since then, all the way up until 6 now, it's my favorite series of all time. So in that favorite series, it doesn't have to be necessarily in that series, but do you have a favorite character in in Dead or Alive or just in general in some other game? I know you're a big Tekken person, so your favorite character might be in that game. Yeah, so um, if we're talking about Dead or Alive, I will break it down this way. I've always been a Lei Fang main. Um, she, she's she been in DOA since DOA 1. Um, I started really getting more into her in the DOA 3. But then she kind of got a little bit more technical once Dead or Alive 5 came out. So, and within Dead or Alive 5, there were different versions of the game. Um, all the way up to the last one, which is DOA 5 Last Round. And when DOA 5 Last Round came out, they also introduced Virtual Fighter characters into that game, but also SNK characters, and the one that I really stick to ever since then has been Mai Shiranui um, from SNK, like King of Fighters game. She was a guest character in Dead or Alive 5, and I loved her moveset. I loved the way how she moved, that way how she was very quick and agile. So I would say Lei Fang at first, but then I switched over to Mai ever since she came in DOA 5 as a guest character. And she's still in 6 as well, too. I'm surprised they brought her back. But then also Nico came along as a new character for DOA 6. So it's like it's hard to choose, you know. But if I had to, I will have to say Mai overall ever since she came out in DOA 5. Yeah, it's always hard to choose a favorite when there's so many different characters. Um, I know that feeling from Dota because there's like over 115 at this point. <laughs> um, you kind of have to learn how to play all of them to know how to play against right. them. I'd imagine it's it's very similar in FGC as well. It is. Because you have to think about it too. Like You could like one character, but is that character going to be good enough to fight against other people's, um, your other opponent who picks another character? And the way how that opponent plays that character is a big factor, too. So you kind of got to, like, you know, sometimes go off and have a secondary character as well to see if you can counteract if your first character can't go through. Yeah. So you said your uh, Was it Big E's uh, lands that kind of got you into FGC, you said? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, I guess, other than that, what would be your favorite memory from fgc in in general actually when i first um traveled to an fgc event outside of pennsylvania i went to was it yeah it was final round and final round is located in um georgia atlanta georgia and big e's friend his name is larry they call him shim blanca he runs the FGC portion in the um, ATL area. So and Final Round is a big event, especially for a lot of people from the Capcom series like Street Fighter or even Tekken and Bandai Namco as well. You know, a lot of people and um, certain corporations will fund that event 
to draw the crowds out so that way they can get some big pop bonuses. And when I say when I got to Atlanta for the first time and his event was actually in the convention center at that time, because originally he was at the Hilton in Atlanta, but then he got so big he had to go into a convention center portion. So when I tell you, as soon as I landed, and I think that was my first time flying too, I believe. So that was like a couple years ago. Um, I was just ecstatic. I mean, big area, people doing the same thing, loving what they do, playing games. You get to meet people. You get to see old friends. After tournaments, you will go ahead and hang out with them. We will go to one spot afterwards and just have a good time, basically. People going to other people's hotel rooms, just kicking it, playing some more games. It's just nonstop video games when you go to big events like that. So if you ever have a chance to go to an offline event in another state that you're not familiar with, I would say do so because you're going to have a good time and there's and everyone is very welcoming and wants you to have fun at the end of the day. Yeah, I can totally back that up. Um, I went out to Seattle one year uh, to watch the Dota International and um, it is just a totally different atmosphere going there, knowing that a lot of people there are there for that game and they know a lot about that game and everybody's there just to have fun, see some pros play. Even if you're not playing in it, it's a lot of fun just to go watch, pick up on things that they might be doing that you don't know how to do yet. Um, it is really just a lot of fun just to be there in that atmosphere. Yes, I love it. I can't wait until we can do it again. <laughs> yeah, as soon as COVID clears up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get your shots, people. <laughs> well, that's as good a plug as any. So, <laughs> um, so I so I know we've talked a bunch about your favorite fighting games, how you got into it, and how you sort of got your start as a player. So now that we've sort of hashed that out, I suppose we'll get into the more recent um, events. So it might be a little easier to recall. So if uh, so, back in the day, aside from my asking you to fill the role of, I think it was actually just fighting game manager at the time was the first role that you you had in a managerial capacity at Witch Doctor. Um, so what prompted you to accept my offer of the role uh, in managing other fighting game players for the org? Let's kind of go back a little bit before then, too. I remember when you guys had, um, it was um, you, Nightstar, um, that actually was interested in having fighting games for Witch Doctor Gaming. And... Um, you know, I was just shocked because I was just like, how did you guys find me? Like, <laughs> but um, originally it was just me in the fighting game department. So, yes, it was. And I, I think a solid like four, five months at least. Yes. And yeah, um, Witch Doctor, April of 2017. And you have our original jersey. So that means you were here during the summer. So yes. you must have joined in like June or July. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Mm hmm. And it was just funny because, um, you know, all my friends, I've been saying like, oh, well, you're getting sponsored, blah, blah, blah. So I guess I'll get it one day. And all of a sudden, you know, um, you guys. Out of the blue. Yeah, out of the blue. <laughs> like, I, st I still can't remember, like, how you guys found me. But yeah, I think um, that was um, that was still when Brutal was here. And I think he was the one who who found you. And then I being being me i was i was the one who ended up reaching out so yeah <laughs> i mean i as soon as i saw you and learned a little bit more about you i knew that 
you are absolutely the right fit for the org. Well, I appreciate that overall. But as as into it and just representing you guys in the beginning, you know, I was just like, well, I need some more people. I can need some more help around here. So, yeah. I mean, I don't mind. Like, you know, I wasn't mind doing it on my own because I like to represent all the way that I can. But I'm like, you know, let's try to build a team around this. So I remember Nightstar, you had approached me and said, hey, look, you know, I've seen that you've been growing a lot and representing us a lot and getting our name out there more. Why don't we put you into a managerial role? And I said, okay, sure, no problem. So, and it was my job to go ahead and try to recruit some people. Um, And I went ahead and did that. Um, I didn't really have the means to travel all around the world to do it, but I went into my local scene, asked people, hey, you know, you want to come join Witch Doctor? You know, you can come join us. You can get a jersey. You know, we can try to help you out on events and stuff like that. And um, I gathered a group of people at first who was very interested, and I felt as though, okay, who could represent the brand more. And, you know, beginning stages of that, especially managing a team for this organization, it was a little trial and error, I would say, at the most part. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I felt as though I was doing well. And Nightstar, you felt as though I was doing extremely well. And after that, you was just like, hey, look, you know, you're still doing good let's go ahead and promote you to a general manager. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, so what, what does that entail? You know, am I doing more stuff? And he was like, you're basically doing the same thing. You'll just be overseeing the department more. And why don't you try to find someone who could possibly, you know, take you over for you while you do more managerial stuff for the organization. And here I am. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's it's definitely seeing how passionate you were about the fighting game scene i know you mentioned not being able to travel all around the world and the country to like pick up players but i think having someone who's so invested in the scene is something that often goes amiss because as super can attest to in games like dota and uh, and all these other more uh these other esports titles there's not a big sense of regionality like sure uh, leagues like Call of Duty League and Overwatch League have these like teams located in cities, but it's not the same as traditional sports where you're like rooting and supporting your homegrown teams. So I think yeah. having someone who is so literally ingrained in that culture and being as imposing of a figure as you are, like height wise, like you stand out at events, Dame. I've seen the pictures and uh, <laughs> uh, like having that that towering beacon of witch doctor is, is something that I was all for. Yeah. So going off of that, um, in your role, it could be as a general manager now, or even back in the day when you were uh, just managing the team, what do you find the most fulfilling or, and or re- rewarding about your role? say just the recognition piece you know i mean people knew me for who i was especially in the fgc but getting into this managerial um position and then getting players promoting players to do that and also you know just uh hosting these um online tournaments that i'm doing and running that you know people are seeing the dedication of what i want to do and they are supporting me 100 percent for it so um 
and also building um, certain players to represent the org overall, and they're actually doing well. That's just what's most fulfilling for me. I mean, even our past players who we had, you know, um, that I had brought on, there were some people who traveled with me and we represented and people were like, oh, there's Witch Doctor. Oh, okay, I see them. Look at their jerseys. Everyone loved our jerseys. That was like the number one thing I think why most people wanted to join is because of our jerseys that we had back yeah, in the day. Yeah, we have had... Our, the logo <laughs> makes it pretty easy to have some cool designs. <laughs> it was just like, oh my goodness, well, I want to join because I want one of them jerseys. But... Um, just people even saying that, like, you know, just kind of fulfilled me and, you know, any player that I've had, you know, even if they moved on, at least they would say to me at the end of the day, Hey, look, you were doing great. I loved how your passion and, you know, I respect you for bringing me on to the organization and I will continue to do my best overall. And that's just what, at the end of the day, just fulfills me and makes me proud because I know I'm doing a good job at the end of the day. Even though, like I said, everything has its ups and downs, but at the end, as long as you're looking towards the good at the end of the day, it'll come out successfully. So that's how I view things, and that's what I'm proud of to this day. Yeah, that's definitely definitely something that your positivity is is definitely apparent because I know there there have been times, as you mentioned, the ups and downs. Um, I especially there's been a bit of a down over the past several months with a lot of the FGC um, sort of taking a <laughs> unintended hiatus, so to speak, right. with from because you guys are so land-based. Mm-hmm. But so I suppose that's actually a great transition into what would you say is the hardest part of your job as a general manager of Witch Doctor? And it could be in this past year or so with the shutdowns and the reopening, slow reopening, or it could be just before that. Um, yeah. Um, the hardest part of my job, I would say is, um, I I would say there's about two main things. One is just the maintaining of the players, because I know there's been some players who can, and even before all this stuff happened a couple months ago and before COVID, you know, um, there's just some, there's just been some players who just weren't active. You know, I would ask them, Hey, are you going to an event here? Or, Hey, are you doing this? Hey, I signed you on. Are you doing some streaming or anything of that nature? There's just been sometimes there hasn't been communication with that, um, you know, and that kind of like made it hard for me because not everyone was communicating. And as a team, and especially as a team leader, communication is key. So um, that was one of the most hardest things. And I will also say, secondly, like you said. With everything happening these past couple months, you know, with not having offline events and depending on the online, you know, just trying to maintain the current people that I have to do at least online events or to do at least streaming, because not everyone has the means to do streaming or even, you know, have good connection to play online. So that's another thing that I always have to watch and count for, Um, you know online this is what we got right now but sometimes it can't be as stable as most other games can be um especially if you're competitively playing but this is what we have for the moment now and this is what we have to deal with so you know those are i think my two biggest things that's been hard for me so far with my role and just maintaining players or even finding new players to come into because you think player when you pitch to a a certain prospective person 
hey, you know, join the organization. You know, this is what we offer. One of their first things in mind is, oh, well, what's the compensation like? Well, not every org can offer compensation. You know, I mean, there's certain things we can do, but we don't offer certain monetary things at the end of the day. So, um, you know, I'm here to help you grow. And then potentially if there is something that comes up, hey, great. I still want to keep you. But hey, if there's someone who's aspiring to take you on and they're offering you something that I can't offer, then, you know, I I respect that. And I am happy that I help you grow and you can move on, you know. <laughs> so um, I think that's one of the biggest things, because most most players think that if they join an organization, they're automatically going to get some money out of it, which is not the case at all. So always ask questions during the interview process because you never know what you can or cannot get at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I, I, as the person who's done a lot of recruiting for this org, I can tell you that <laughs> there, there have been a lot of people who have, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, we get a whole bunch of responses over time, <laughs> but sort of transitioning off of that to a bit more of a positive outlook. Um, what are you most looking forward to in the next couple of months? And no, you cannot say the return of lands because that's the well. cheap and cheese <laughs> and cheater answer. And I know you would say that, so I'm forcing uh, you to think. <laughs> okay, so what am I look mo- uh, most looking forward to in the next couple of months? Well, I am looking forward to um, basically meeting with everyone um returning to network and returning to get the name out for the um organization more you know we're coming up on our 4 year anniversary as you mentioned and you know i believe there's still people who need to know who which doctor is especially in the fgc portion so um once once i'm able to go ahead and go back into events or go back into the outside world and start promoting you know, and start seeing other people from other organizations. There's been a lot of other org leaders, especially in the FGC, who I've uh, dealt with, who are kind of like in the circle, basically like circle of org leaders. Like, hey, you know, let's all meet up here. Let's put our ideas together and maybe come up with something or try to plan this next event. You know, that's what I'm, you know, most looking forward to is to, the camaraderie of people rejoining with each other and coming up with ideas on what we can do next within the FGC. You know, that's my biggest thing. I hope that uh, doesn't go into the land of nope, that portion. You, you skirted it very well. <laughs> I, I appreciated it. You, you got it in there, but it wasn't the primary point. So I will take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess, you did briefly mention your tournaments that you've been running for your FGC. Um, so what drew you to starting your own, I guess would be the next question. Well, it's funny because, you know, I mean, we FGC portion wasn't really doing much during the time of COVID and we couldn't go into any offline events or I couldn't find, you know, things to do or even like with certain online events, it's just like, okay, well, I'm either, these and not even doing well or i'm doing okay but at the end of the day it's just like i want to keep doing something because i was kind of getting bored even with even though i was still working in my real life job it was like i'm still kind of getting bored just coming home afterwards and just playing so one of my friends um his name is uh commander 
Um, he actually uh, sold me his laptop, his gaming laptop, and I've always been wanting to stream ever since I even got into Witch Doctor, but I never had the means to do it with equipment. Um, I've always been, if I did stream, it will always come directly from my console. So once I got this laptop and I got myself a good Elgato 4K capture card, I said, okay, it's time to get to work. What can I do to start streaming and starting to get myself more known out there? And I've noticed a bunch of my friends from the Philly scene who are good Tekken players started this group called Iron Fist Philly. And they've um, been doing like online events and stuff like that. And I figure, I'm like, well, since you guys are doing an event on one day, maybe I can start doing events as well, too, on a day that you're not streaming. And I have also thought, well, DOA only had like maybe one or two people who've been hosting events. Let me go ahead and host a DOA event, especially for the Xbox community, because not many people play on Xbox. Um, tournament wise is either PlayStation 4 or it's PC. So I decided, you know what? Let me give the Xbox head some time to shine. And that's what started me doing the uh, first uh, bi weekly tournaments for DOA 6 for the Xbox. And, you know, at first it was just, you know, come on in, sign up, play. Let's see if you can show your skills. And then I remembered that my friend Spooky, who's from New York, um, had the thing called Matcharino. And I figured, well, maybe I can get some crowdfunding for these tournaments now to see, you know, to make it worth their while to compete more and to get more entrance in. So I, you know, I spoke with the Matcharino rep. He told me what the stipulations were. I was in the trial period with them. And after like my first or second event, um, actually both of those events that I did after starting with Maturino, they were both over a hundred dollars of crowdfunding. So, um, Maturino gave me an official partnership and now I'm just constantly running tournaments with Maturino crowdfunding. People are loving the content that I produce and are loving the competition. And it also helps me for my own Twitch channel to get affiliate status and also partnership, hopefully one day to not only if the money that I get is going to get me to more uh, better equipment so I can do better streaming at the end of the day and also hopefully integrate anything with the Witch Doctor channel one day to try to get that up and running as well, too. Yeah, that'll be great if we can get that up and running soon. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what would you say your favorite things are about running these, running and organizing the tournaments? Um, everyone calling me on my beckoning heel 24 <laughs> <laughs> seven. It's nice you... to feel needed, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> now you know how I feel now. <laughs> Trust me. I even get down there in real life work, but, <laughs> um, no, it's funny because it's like, um, I announce these things and then people are starting to get to know me more and, you know, people know me as a player, but now they're kind of start starting to see me as a player and a tournament organizer or a TO. So, you know, um, they are liking that I organize things. At the end of the tournaments, I get a lot of thank yous, you know, because a lot of people, you know, could be either doing something else, but not many people can go into, like, these big tournaments that are happening on some days because there's a lot of killers out there, especially with big prize pools, you know. 
I am more of the person that's like, hey, look, come do your stuff. Show us what you do. There's a little, little bit of money that I can provide here and there uh, with the crowdfunding. But, you know, you got a chance to be on stream while, you know, there's other events where some people who um, go to these other big online events and they only get the big players out there who is most guaranteed to win, basically. They'll get those people on stream and then they might be uh, paired up with someone else who may not be as good so they can get an easy win on stream, basically. But in my tournaments, it's it's either all or nothing, basically. Like, everyone here is a competitor, so you could be going against an, another player who you may not think is worthy, but hey, that person may beat you on stream or something, so let me see what you got. So it gives them an opportunity uh, to show off their stuff. So. I think that's one of my favorite things is just seeing people happy about entering these tournaments and also them having a good time at the end of the day. Yeah, so where can people go to find out more about these tournaments? And if they wanted to register, how would they go about doing that? So basically, I announce all my tournaments on my Twitter page, which is at WDBigDame21. So W D B I G D A M E two one all together. And on that Twitter page, you'll see all of my listings of the tournaments that I host for each month. Um, you can, if you're also part of our witch doctor gaming discord channel, um, under the FGC online announcements, um, tab, you'll see all the announcements of the tournaments as well too, with the links and all the links are on smash.gg. So you can even find the, tournaments by typing in uh witch doctor online weekly and you should see a lot of the pages come up for each tournament basically but stick to my twitter you'll find most of the stuff on there all right sounds easy enough well now that we've asked you a bunch of questions dame i uh i'm gonna for a loop here and i'm gonna ask if you have anything you want to ask us that you, you are dying to know and will be recorded for all of posterity in this inaugural episode oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well let me uh start with nightstar then okay um let's do it what is your take on fighting games um Ooh. are you uh prone to like knowing anything about them or especially online events like what got you into fighting games and if not what is interesting to you to learn more about the fighting game community yeah so i personally do not play a lot of fighting games i will admit i am a i was a as i touched upon i had a wii when i was younger i haven't had the luxury of having a gaming pc so i'm on your side dame with the i have an xbox that i uh that I recently got <laughs> and by recently, I mean like in the last year and a half or so. So yeah, I'm very much a console and mobile gamer at heart. Um, but as for learning more about the FGC, I think the thing that stood out the most to me was how I know I touched upon this a little bit earlier and you did also, but how there's these different scenes that like exist all around the country. So you mentioned the Philly scene, but there's also oh, this guy who leads the Philly scene knows the person who leads the Atlanta scene. And you, you, like, sure, you'd think that there's this regionality to it, but then you go to this event in Atlanta. You're from the Philly scene. That's in the Atlanta scene. And there's this, this cross, uh, 
I'm not contamination is not the word, but like there's this meshing of the two of multiple different um, locations and everybody just accepts everybody, which I think mm-hmm. is very different from traditional sports. Like if you look at um, the, those, your local teams and let's say football or baseball or any of those sports, if you, so being from Massachusetts, I'm a Red Sox fan. So when the Yankees are playing us, it's any Yankees fans in the area are like automatically persona non grata. And it's, it's, there's this very big regionality to it and it's like regional and local pride. And while it seems like people in the fighting game scene have that themselves, it's also very inclusive. And again, you guys don't like, you don't cut each other out. You're all supporting each other, even if you're in these rather small pods. And I think that to me really stood out as something that aligns with the witch doctor mission of creating a positive community. And I think fighting games is one of the best examples of that. I hope I answered your question. I I, you I think I did, but I might have skirted the bush a little no, bit. You certainly did. Um, super. Um, same for you. Um, what is your take on the fighting game community, and how much is your knowledge of it? And if not, what would you like to learn more about it? Yeah, so I actually, coming into this, I barely knew anything about fighting games. Um, Generally, I mean, I've seen gameplay of it and that kind of stuff. Um, I've never been a big player as far as playing fighting games goes. Um, I guess the most I've ever played would be Super Smash Bros. on the GameCube. Um, Very popular now. (laughs) Yeah, that that was, I guess that would be the extent of my knowledge on it. Um, Definitely as doing all the... uh, bewitching plays stuff and all that kind of stuff that we're doing um for content um i've seen a lot more gameplay than i have in the past um as far as what i'd want to learn um i guess it just learning all the combos and stuff in the game seems to be an issue for me um i know there's all kinds of guides online that i could find as well um but i think that might be one of the most daunting things for people that are trying to get into the scene well, I will tell you one thing. It, it it takes a lot of time, especially in certain games, but, you know, and depending on the game that you play, too, it takes a lot of time to character, but it also takes a lot more time to learn all other characters and who you possibly be playing against, potentially. So you got to learn, like, the overall movement of the game. When can you do this? When can you block? When can you, you know, attempt to make an attack on someone? You know, those things you got to, like, practice within yourself and then potentially go ahead and play with other people to kind of adapt to other people's play style. And once you kind of get into that and mesh those two things together as you're practicing, you'll be very you could be successful in that game um, as long as you continue to practice all the time, because you can't just go into practice mode one day, practice a certain character's combos, master it and thinking like, okay, I'm going to go in and beat everyone up okay you got the combo down but then did you know you can block that certain string and you know you can duck that certain string you know there's a lot of things that goes more into fighting games than it seems like than just practicing combos so um overall just knowing the environment of that game you're playing uh is key to being a successful fighting game player in my opinion okay so just getting to know like the general flow um and like when to do certain things when to use your combos when not to when to block that kind of stuff yeah mm-hmm. okay. 
All right. Uh, well, back to Nightstar then. Um, what is your current take on Vainglory? I haven't really heard anything, and I remember yeah. when I first joined, Vainglory was like the main thing yeah. of Witch Doctor, in my opinion. So we, like... we did get, so we got our, st- <laughs> sorry to cut you off. Um, so we got our start in Vainglory. I actually got, so I, as I mentioned, played on the Wii, so then I won't call count Nintendo Online back in the day being a very, like, big like online like real online gaming like it's not like xbox live and other stuff where you're like actually like more intense games competing mm-hmm. so vainglory for me was the my real first like multi-person like online game and that was still to this day one of my favorite games of all time um as for where it's at right now so they went through some some tough times pre this was pre COVID. Um, so the, the game came out, I think it's launched in, uh, Oceania or OCE in specifically the Philippines in 2015. So it was announced at the Apple event, uh, and showcased on one of the iPhones. I think that was like iPhone 4s or five, something like that, maybe five S regardless. Um, so it started there and I, as a big Apple person, uh, was I watched the event and I saw this game and I'm like, oh my gosh, this game is fantastic. And I literally was like, I found them on Twitter and I, I like was so on top of like when this game came out in North America. And as soon as it did, I downloaded it and I started playing and I loved this game. It was amazing. If if you've never played Vainglory, it's still around to download. Um, and it's sure I know Wild Rift came out by Riot Games and that's their League of Legends on mobile, but to me, Vainglory, the mechanics of that game and the gameplay and just everything is always going to be superior than like any of these other games because Vainglory used touch controls for the most part. They only added joysticks like four years after it started. And as much as I love joysticks, like touch is where it's at. But as for the game right now, they've uh, hit on tougher times. Their developer uh, had some some issues with funding. Um, I'm not going to go into specifics here because it's not my place. And I've only heard from one person uh, some of it, but essentially there was uh, some poor money moves made at one point on the esports side of things. And then their, um, their VC investors got a little um, pissy about it. So they had to lay off a bunch of people. And as part of that, they eventually ended up transferring the game over to Rogue Games. Um, they do a bunch of publishing for other games. And then sometime last year, Rogue decided to cut Vainglory altogether. And just suddenly, like, one, like, I think it was some Monday, they said they were cutting the servers later that week. And Super Evil Megacorp, the developers of it, were really, um, they, they were they were focused completely on their new game and they were intentionally passing off publishing to rogue for vainglory and they were scrambling to get something back up. Um, so they tried to get something back up. It still runs and plays, but it's not the same game. It once was. So there's the party queue. There is no party queue now because the servers are very, small and very localized you can like queue snipe where you like coordinate with people in discord and be like hey let's hit the queue button in three two one queue but it it lost a bit of its 
um, pizzazz, I would say, uh, around the time mm. that Rogue Company took over. But so it's been a bit on the decline. But and as much as I love the game, I have started to become a little bit addicted to Wild Rift. It's it, it's <laughs> not great. I well, the addiction is not great. The game is pretty pretty all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or your Star Wars Battlefront too. So. Oh yeah, well that well that game's easier to stream because I like you have an Elgato capture card. I tried to stream Wild Drift the the day it came out, and that was the laggiest stream I have ever seen. So I have to oh, figure wow. out some stuff to. I have to figure out the connection to my computer before I <laughs> try that again. But yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Hopefully, Vainglory can be saved eventually, you know, and still up and running. Because I know that's was your baby that started this whole world. Yeah, so, um... I, it, it's good game. The community was 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 really fantastic, and I I too hope it can reach similar, if not greater, heights. Um, I think post pandemic we'll we'll see what happens, but yeah. Here, here's here's to hope and my virtual uh fingers on the non-existing video feed are crossed <laughs> <laughs> all right another question for super then um what is your goal with the content side of things for which dr gaming for the next let's say the next two years if you were you know to stay for at least two years or more <laughs> yeah um so I guess you better be staying for two years or more. <laughs> I'm inter- I'm interjecting. You better stay. No. <laughs> so yeah, um, the goals for that. Um, obviously, we're getting this podcast going. We hope to keep that going as well. Um, there, we definitely are trying to increase the number of creators we have, as well as the activity of those creators. Um, Mainly, I mean, the more cre- the more creators we have, and the more active they are, the more our name gets out there. The more we can support them, the faster they'll grow as well. Because um, it is a two sided street. You have to you have to help support us so we can grow, and then we have to help support the creators so they can grow, so they want to stay. So it's it's you have to both be putting out your best in order to grow. Um, so I guess that would be the main goal: is just pushing our creators to do more. Um, do their best as as much as they can, and um, have the, have them push us to do our best as well, um, just to continue growing. Okay, okay, I respect that. So my last question for both of you then: If there was a fighting game that you can practice and play and try to be the best at, what game would that be, and what character would you use? Ooh. I I I am not as uh as well versed <laughs> in the fighting games, so I'm gonna I'm gonna, I don't mind the clickety clack as I go and uh, look up fighting games right now. Uh, uh, <laughs> super, you seem to know more. Why don't you go? Uh, I mean, character wise, I have no clue. Um, but if I had to say a game, I would probably say Mortal Kombat. Um, that's just the one I've heard the most about. Um. Outside of Witch Doctor, I guess in Witch Doctor, it's been a lot more DOA and uh, Street Fighter. Um, but Mortal Kombat's always been one that I've kind of liked to play. Uh, well, think I would like to play. Um, it's one that my dad grew up with, so um, it might just be interesting to kind of learn that one. Are you more of a Sub-Zero? Are you more of a Johnny Cage? Maybe a uh, Liu Kang? You know, this... 
plethora of characters, especially the iconic ones, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Liu Kang, you know. Those are like more of the iconic characters in that game. Yeah. Um Scorpion would be probably the most recognizable one to me, so I would I just go with that. Okay. <laughs> he is a top tier character, so good so good job. <laughs> okay. Um, I pulled it up, Dame. I'm ready. So I I would have to say uh Super Smash Bros. I as a person on Wii, that was that was one of the few fighting games that was available to me when i was younger and i remember i would go over to my best friend's uh, house and we would we would play that game um and it was a lot of fun i i remember abusing uh meta knight a lot like i was just a toxic meta one of them yes i was (laughs) it was just not i was oh my word that was yeah i was i very much enjoyed uh Meta Knight, the Wii Fit Trainer was always a weird one to me. I would not play that one. I just felt like pointing out that it's weird. So we're pointing it out as weird. But uh, yeah, if I had to pick, it would probably be Meta Knight. But Little Mac is a close second. Because if if you play him right, he can be really disgusting. But you have to play him right. And I might not still have that skill in me. So we'd have to see. (laughs) Well, just a... uh... Uh, sidebar to that there's been a lot of controversy when when people are saying about S- super smash brothers if it's an actual fighting game or not because some people think fighting games should be like 2d or 3d games like street fighter or tekken and you're actually moving around doing things they're saying that super smash brothers is more of a party game than a fighting game but if you look at the aspects of super smash brothers there's blocking, there's parrying, there's um wave dashing to try to get away from certain attacks. You know, there's a lot of science. There's combos too. There's I know, combos. I, I know there's combos because I always sucked at combos. Right. But continue. So <laughs> there's a lot of things to consider about Super Smash Brothers because there's a lot of things that have a lot of fighting game aspects into that game. That I can basically say that it is a fighting game. It just may not be a staple fighting game that people are used to. So, you know, kudos to any people who are Super Smash Brothers players. I could not do it. The only person I played back in the day was like Peach because she was kind of like top tier. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, I never especially liked with, Peach. The, with the turnips Ooh. and uh, flying around and the turnip setup. So that's all I've been hearing about. But other than that, you know, if you play Super Smash Brothers, kudos to you because I can't. That takes a lot of concentration. Yeah. I'm trying not to get knocked off the edge, or if you're on the edge, what is what are you going to do once you get up? And because your opponent's just standing right there waiting for you yeah. to get up, basically. Oh no, so. it, it sucks if you if you have one of those characters that has a horrible um escape or anything. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, I used to like to play Pikachu and just spam down beasts and nobody could do it. Oh, I remember my friend used to love playing. Uh, I think it was Kirby, just because you could like float your way back on a lot of the time. <laughs> I remember that was so toxic just to try and get Kirby off the platforms. Oh my. <laughs> that's why Sakurai loves Kirby. I think that's why he made him a little bit too OP. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That would I mean, make he sense. is the one that created Kirby in the first place. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I there must ever, have been a point to that. If you ever seen like the trailer for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, it's just like everyone gets 
um, turned into stone. Except for Kirby, he escapes. I'm just like, okay, well, how did everyone, all these char- all these more powerful characters, in my opinion, get turned into stone, but Kirby just glides away in his little star. I'm like, okay. I don't know. Right. Kirby can copy everybody, so is he really <laughs> the ultimate powerhouse? <laughs> mm, that's true. I don't know. Maybe he's creator's bias, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, if you can create a character that's that strong, why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all my questions I have for you guys. Thank you for answering those. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you for taking the time to speak with us dame uh although super and i know a lot about your time during uh while or while under the witch doctor banner it was a lot of fun to hear more about your time before you joined the org and how you got your start um uh yeah so if our listeners want to drop you a follow i know you already plugged your twitter uh earlier but if you want to just plug that as well as any other socials that you feel are relevant uh now's the time yeah, so guys, uh, again, thank you for having me. I really appreciated this. Um, if you guys want to follow me, make sure to follow me on Twitter at WDBigDame21. So W-D-B-I-G-D-A-M-E-2-1 on Twitter. You can also find me um, streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash BigDame21. And if you guys want to ever play with me on Xbox, my gamer tag on Xbox Live is BigDame21. And don't be laughing at this, but my PlayStation Network ID is Big Dame Twenty because someone took the twenty-one, so <laughs> so I had to go down a number. So it's Big Dame Twenty on PlayStation, and uh, um, I don't have. I should be starting a YouTube channel because a lot of people have been asking if I should put my tournaments on YouTube. I said, well, that takes a lot of work because I've never really done editing like that. But I should be doing yeah. a YouTube soon, so just uh, be on the lookout for that as well. <laughs> Well, we we certainly will. Uh, <laughs> and I wanted to say a big thank you to everybody who listened to this inaugural episode of the Cauldron Cast, as well as Super for uh, putting up with me and this idea and uh, letting me torture you with Dame's questions that you totally weren't ready for. <laughs> 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 so from from all of us here on the Cauldron Cast, we hope you enjoyed this inaugural episode and don't forget to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast platform to catch the latest episodes of our show as soon as they release. Peace.